several weeks ago, we began a series called This Is Us. Everybody say, This Is Us. And then I told you when I was doing the two series about the part one and part two was about we give. And then we said we give first and we taught on first fruits. And I told you I was going to pause that message through the Christmas holidays and pick it back up the first Sunday of January. Well, here we are. So that means we're technically, although it may seem like this is the beginning of a series, it is really part three of This Is Us. For we have said we give. We have said we give first. But today I want to talk to you about the foundation of us. Look at somebody tell them, this is us. So today it's called the foundation of us. Zechariah chapter 4 verses 8 through 10 says this. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? One translation said small beginnings. For the seven rejoiced to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Somebody shout the foundation. The foundation, would you agree, is the most important part of a structure. Do you believe that? If you don't know that, then you need to know that. You need to understand the most important. You would, some, some people say when a storm is coming, the roof is the most important. Well, the roof is important. The walls are important. The carpet and the tile and the paint, they're all important. The light switch is important to turn the lights on when it's dark. The, the water pipes are important so that you'll have clean water to drink when you need it. All those are important. There are certain times in our lives that they seem to be the most important. When you're dying of thirst, it seems like water would be the most important. But we're not talking about the things that's within the house. We are talking about the house altogether. The house. Somebody say the house. All those things that we enjoy, our TV, our game system, our lights, the heat in the air, the water, the electricity, the couch, the chair, the kitchen table. The back porch, your man cave. Come on, some of y'all. All of it will crumble to the ground without a proper foundation. In fact, I want to submit to you that the foundation, many parts of the foundation are never seen by anyone who comes into your house. Most of the time, people who you bring into your house never think about the foundation. Chances are you have lived your life in a house, some of you, for 10, 20, even 30 years, and very few, if any, days have you ever spent thinking about the foundation. You wanting to update the wall color, update the carpet. You're always thinking about updating the interior. In the modern day church, all we care about is lights, smoke, skinny jeans. I ain't, I ain't saying anything wrong with that except for skinny jeans. No, I'm just kidding. No, just kidding. Just kidding. 
But having comfortable pews and having the place look wonderful and nice, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We ought to make the house of God be beautiful, respected. We want to be relevant. We want to connect with our generation and our culture. Are you alive? But if the foundation of that house is not secure, it will look like everything's going great for a while. But then it will begin to crumble. Because people are enamored by the things that they see, but they stay when they know it's solid. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. What is the foundation of this house? The first thing on your notes is love is the foundation of this house. Love is the foundation of this house. Look at somebody say, we love. This is us. You get out of your car in the parking lot, you are welcomed by people who love you. You walk in the front door, you are welcomed by people who love you. You check in your babies, you are checked in by people who love you. When you are led in worship, you are led by people who love you. When your offering bucket passes you, your ushers are serving you that love you. When your pastor's talking to you right now, you better know your pastor is someone who loves you. Love is the foundation of not just this house. Love is the foundation of the kingdom of God. Listen to Psalm 11.3. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? In other words, the church cannot do what God wants them to do without the proper foundation. See that house I was talking about? I mean, you can paint the walls, you can make them look pretty, you can make them smooth. They could be uh, something to behold. But if the foundation is not solid, in fact, let me go beyond, because some of you think I'm talking about the blocks. The blocks are really not even the most important part. The most important part is the concrete, what they call footer, that's under the dirt that the blocks are sitting on. Because that is really what is holding everything. And if that footer, when they first built that house, if they did not dig down to solid ground, if they built that house on, this is how important the foundation is. See, we think it's talking about the house. When Jesus said the kingdom of God is like two different men. One built their house on the sand. You ever heard that story? One built their house on the, the rock, and the storms came, and the winds raged, and the, and the house that was on the sand fell, but the house that was on the rock stood. You ever heard that story? We preach about the house, but the message is not about the house. It's about what the house is built on. It was the same house that faced the same storm. But when the storm hits, listen, when the storm hits your house, it will reveal what you are built on. When, it ha when you have this much rain that we've had, huh, some of y'all been looking out in your yard to see if animals are flowing two by two. Come on. If you got a leak in your roof, you know it now. Huh? 
But I'm going to tell you something else that happens. The ground becomes so soft. That's why the trees fall. And the ground becomes so soft that houses will begin to slightly sink in weather like this. Because the water will seep down to the footer. And if the footer was not done right, all of a sudden, the blocks will start having a crack. You ever seen that on a foundation? Some of you may have experienced it before. And what happens is, you, if you're not careful, and if you don't really know what's going on, you'll look at the foundation, you'll look at the block, and you'll say to yourself, but that's down there. That still, my house still looks as pretty as ever. I'll just put a bush in front of that crack. I'll just put a hydrangea or something. Like I'm talking like I know something about plants. I'll plant something in front of that crack. And how many knows this? Sometimes we think if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And you can walk by that and you don't look at it anymore and you don't think about it anymore. But one day you're sitting there in your living room watching Netflix and all of a sudden you, you notice something, a light is hitting your wall a little bit different and you get up and now there's a crack in your sheetrock. And then it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And all of a sudden then, if it's a bad case, you start seeing walls sink. And it's at that point, it's almost unfixable. There's things that people can do, but sometimes it's so unfixable that people have to move out. It has to be condemned. And if anybody buys that property and they're going to do anything with that house, they got to level it. But how many knows they don't level if everything, they don't just level what's above the, the ground. If they know it had foundation problems, they're going to have to dig some stuff up. Oh, I, ain't, I don't know if I'm going to get to my notes or not today, but I'm preaching right now to somebody. Because some of y'all are like, oh, yeah, that's right. I love foundation. I love people. I love, give me love, give me love, give me love, give me love, Lord. I'm going to be loving Christian in 2019. But, but God is saying, that's all great. But I, I need to dig some stuff up in you. Huh? I'm not going to build on top of what you think is Okay. Are y'all hearing me? Somebody shout the foundation of us. Even the earth has a foundation, Matthew 13, 35, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter things that were kept from the foundation of the world. Let me show you what that foundation is in a minute. Matthew 25, 34, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What is the foundation of the world? Next thing on your notes, John 3, 16 lays the foundation of the house of God. John 3.16 lays the foundation of the house of God, lays the foundation of the kingdom of God, lays the foundation of even this earth. For God so loved the world, say it with me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you receive that? What's the first part of that? For God so 
For God so loved the world, if you want to put it this way, weighing it with the other scriptures that I just quoted, for God so loved the world that he built his kingdom on Jesus Christ. Because how many knows he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world? So the world was laid on the foundation of Jesus. The next thing on your notes about foundation is this. Our foundation will determine our legacy. Our foundation will determine our legacy. I'm talking about this church, but I'm also talking about you. Somebody say, this is us. Say, this is me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. See, you ever drove through an old town and saw a street of beautiful old houses that have been there from the 1700s and 1800s? And they've had to have some upkeep, but you'll see old pictures and they look just like they looked back in the 1800s. Can I tell you, that is not possible without a good foundation. There is no way a house could sustain. I don't care if you've replaced the wood and maintained the wood. It ain't going to still be there because that house has endured some storms. That house has endured some chaos. Wars. Are you hearing me? Wind. Rain. Probably some earthquakes. Shifting of the earth. Mining underneath them. Tunnels underneath them. Where other houses were sinking, they still stood. It's a testimony not of the beauty of the construction of the house. It's a testimony of the foundation of that house. Because you can have a house that's 1,800 years old, I mean from the 1800s, and it's still standing next to a house a, 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 a block away that was built in 2,000-something, and it already looks like it's falling apart. The old saying is they don't make them like they used to. Can I tell you something right now? They don't, they don't have church like they used to either. I remember Rod Parsley saying something years ago. He said, there's much to be gained to a return to the discarded values of the past. Are you hearing me? He said, while we're trying to run from the old way, he said, I'm not trying to tell you you got to sing the same songs, sing them the same way, but we've lost something along the way. There's much to be gained to a return to the discarded values of the past. See, that that scripture that I talked about building that house, I want to read one part of it in Luke chapter 6. He said, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house. Watch the next part. Say it with me. Who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock? See, it's one thing for you to have an image in your mind of what the house needs to look like. But you better not skimp on the foundation. I said it Wednesday night when we were in here. I'm going to say it again. If you're going to skimp on something, skimp on the crown molding. Skimp on the paint quality. Skimp on the the high-priced carpet that you're just going to get and step it down a little bit. Do not skimp on the foundation. Because you have the most beautiful carpet and the most beautifully decorated house in the world. But if you skimped on the foundation, it will be worthless. What is your house built on? 
What is your house built on? What are you built on? Every little storm that comes, do you go under? Huh? Don't, does it take a whole lot to knock you over? Or does it take just uh, somebody to thump you? Life just thumped you one day. You get a little headache and you shut down. World's coming to an end. You get a sniffle and you think it's over. You got a cough and you think you're suffering for Jesus. Huh? You have, your car has a flat tire or backfires every once in a while. You, you think you're being persecuted. You hear me? Church, are you alive? That, that is testimony that you need to have some foundation work. That's why Jesus said in the book of David, under inspiration of the Lord, in the book of Psalms, said he wants us to be like a tree planted by living water. What, it, see, some people see the tree, they'll talk about the water, and they'll think that's the most important thing of that. The water's po- po- very powerful because that's the river of life. The tree is very powerful because it teaches us the principles of the tree. But what we skip right over is what he's really saying is, I want you to be something that has roots that are planted where it can go deep that when everybody else is in a drought, you're not in a drought because you're so deep. You can find the water and you can grow and you can sustain the winds. You better know something. You are not in a just church today. You are in a church that was planted in the hearts of men and women by God to impact this world for the kingdom of God. We ain't playing in this house. We are serious about what we're doing. Do you hear me? Do you see it in my face? We are serious about what we're doing. Next thing on the notes is this. SRC has a strong foundation. SRC family has a strong foundation. The foundation of this house was laid long before most everyone in this service ever even attended SRC. What is the foundation of this house? Number one is love. From the very beginning, we we decided that we would be motivated by love for each other and create a church under the anointing of God that would do something great for God. August 11th, 1991, that was even before Solid Rock Church. Solid Rock Church started on October 2nd, 1994. But in 1991, I was, how old was I? 23, 23 years old. I was sitting in Brother Wayne. Brother Wayne Burnett, for those who don't know you, stand up, you and Rita, so they can see y'all. I want everybody to know who Wayne and Rita is. Wayne and Rita is two of our elders that's been with us, praise God, from the very beginning. October 11th, 1991, I was sitting on a bar stool in Brother Wayne and Rita's house, 23 years old, with 12 people. And they looked at me with no training, no Bible college, no friends in the ministry, no pastor, no idea what a pastor even looked like. And the other 10 in that room raised their hands and somebody made a motion. I motioned to request Larry Raglan and Sandy Raglan to be our pastors. Any second and somebody else second, all in favor say aye. And 10 people, I believe it was 10, 9 or 10 people, all said yes. And they all voted and said, will you be our pastor? Will you lead us to be a church that loves people? 
And I said yes, and I was scared to death. But we said we don't know what we're doing, but I can tell you one thing. Wherever God leads us, we will love people. We will love people. So for several months, we swapped house to house, and we met in a house, and my first pulpit was a bar stool. And I'd preach on a bar stool while people would sit in the middle of a living room. And I'd cast a vision. And we're going to be a church that's going to love people. We're going to be a refuge. We're going to be a hospital. When people are sick, they're going to know where to come. When people are alone, they're going to know there's a place where they can feel belong. Are you hearing me? We started a little storefront building there in downtown Trafford in 1991. The fall of that year, the winter of that year, still there to this day. We pastored a church called Overcomers Church for three years. But God began to deal with me in the summer of that third year. You need to get a step away so that you can hear me fully of what God has called you to do. So we took a summer off, and my wife and I bought us a, a little tiny camper, and I pulled it with my little F-150 all over the North Alabama and Sand Mountain, and we'd set up a tent, and we'd preach in that tent, and we'd cast a vision. And and I thought, well, my days of pastoring are over. I'm an evangelist. But I'd look out in that congregation, that little tiny group of people in Fife, Alabama, two and a half hour drive away. And I'd see the same people that was in that room that said, I want you to be my pastor. They'd be in the tent. They'd be helping me put the tent up and they'd be going back to Trafford. And I, I just said, God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? And God spoke to me at the, at, at the end of the, the summer of 1994 and said, you are still their pastor. And, and they are ever Everybody had to step away to be able to find exactly, God, what I wanted you to do. So if it's in your heart, you ask them if they still want you to be their pastor. And I went back to them in, in, the, in, in September of 1994, and I said, am I still your pastor? And they all looked at me and said, we've only ever had one pastor, and that's you. And I said, well, you know what? I believe in October, God is telling us to start a church that's going to change the world. And on October 2nd, 1994, Solid Rock Church was birthed. I think somebody ought to praise him for a group of people who are faithful. A group of people who are faithful, who didn't give up. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something about love. The next two of your notes that I'm ending, I'm going quickly through these notes. Love is not possible without God. Love is not possible. See, the world that don't have God, they say they love each other. They have emotional ties, and I don't doubt that they love their kids. I don't doubt that they love their spouses. But pure, what the Word of God calls it, agape love, uh, uh, you know, un, what is it called? I can't even think. Unconditional love can only come from God because all of our love is conditional. I don't care what you say. Your love for another human, whether it's your spouse or your kids, are conditional. You love them because they loved you, and you can still love them even when they don't love you. But how many of those are come? Our love begins to be deplenished over years and years and years. We don't stop loving them, but we're not loving them on the same level that we love them because they're mean to us, they're bitter to us, they beat us, they lie to us. So our love is not as strong as it was before. Therefore, our love is still conditional. God's love is unconditional. God said, I can take anything you do. You can mock me. You can curse me. You can give me the bird. And God said, it won't change how I love you. How I many knows that love can't come in our hearts without God? The next thing in your notes is this. The creation of the ability to love is not a natural phenomenon. 
It is not a natural phenomenon. It is not in our nature to love. In fact, you watch a child. Children can be sweet and loving, but let me tell you what's in the nature. Mine. Mine. You have to teach a child to share. Now, I know they come out with a loving heart. Don't get me wrong. And it's, but really what it is, what, what, let's be real what it is. It's a conditional uh, need, love. They love you because they can sense you're taking care of them. You, they heard your voice when they were in the womb. They sensed that motherly love. They sensed that fatherly love. They don't love every stranger, do they? You, you know, some kids don't know a stranger. I know that. But for the most part, when you take newborns out that love on you and love on your, you know, their daddy and their mom and their brother and their sister and all this, you take them out and they meet somebody, they start crying. You pick them up and put them in, in, in your arms and you, you ain't never seen that baby before. Some kids will laugh, but most kids will start going like this for mama. Because they don't naturally love everyone. Because their love is based on dependency. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to read it. I don't have time. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. And in that love chapter, it tells us love never fails. Somebody say love never fails. That means if you, if you operate in love, your foundation will never crack. If everything you do, you try to do it in love. Even if it feels like you're knocked down. Even if it feels like you've been leveled. You always have a foundation to rebuild. But if you don't operate in love, the cracks are going all the way down to the unseen. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now faith, and now abides these, faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So the next thing on your notes is this, faith. Faith is rooted in love. Faith is rooted in love. Love never fails. Faith is rooted in love. Paul says love never speaks against someone else. Love abideth. The next thing on your notes is this. I'm going to go quickly. Love fulfills the law. Love fulfills the law. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Remember Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came what? To fulfill the law. Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. If you love one another, you've fulfilled the law. And the last thing I want you to know is this. John 13, 35 says this. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. See, we think, and the last thing on your notes is this. This is us. We love. Somebody say, this is us. We love. See, what you got to get is this. For this is how they will know you are my disciples. Not that you speak in tongues. Not that you can dance in the Holy Ghost. Not that you can sing. Not that you can preach. Not that you got the biggest church on the block. Not that you're on Christian television. Not that you got the most Facebook friends or the most Instagram followers. This is how they'll know that you are my disciples is that you love one another. Are you hearing me? So what good is it to put up a building 
and, and have services on a Sunday morning and say that people are welcome and they come in and they're ignored. They're not loved. They are preached down to. They are beat up. They feel worse when they leave than when they came. Now, we ain't afraid to step on people's toes, but when we do it, we're going to try to do it our, to our best in love. Because we want to build you up, not beat you down. We want you to leave better and not bitter. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, before I do anything else, let's keep the live stream going because I feel like some people watching need to get their life right with God. Because here's the reality. Everything Jesus did, he did it for this moment what I'm about to do, and that's to, to lead you in an opportunity to move from darkness into light. Did you hear what I said about the, his love? His love is unconditional. What, what, you ever heard anybody say this? You may have even said this. Well, you know what? If I went down to that church, the roof would cave in. I, or, 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 or sometimes it comes out this way. You know, I really do want to go to church, but I got I to gotta work on a few things, and I promise you I'm coming. I just got to get a few things settled. Got to get a few things done. Got to work on myself a little bit. And I, then I'm going to be ready to really get serious with God. Do you understand? That, that, is, that is almost a complete slap in the face of Jesus. When he said it is finished. Are you hearing me? It is the complete opposite of what he came to give you access to. He didn't say, Nicodemus, appreciate you coming to me at night. Appreciate the question. What's going to take for me for you to come be one of my followers? Here's the first thing you need to do. You need to make sure you, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't cuss. You need to make sure that, that, you know, go ahead and tell all your girlfriends you can't hook up anymore. Come on, somebody. Huh? He starts laying out all these things. And when you get all of them, come back and tell me you ain't going to the club anymore. On, you know, taking somebody home with you. All this kind of stuff that we, that we think disqualifies us. He said, when you get all the lists checked off, come back to me. Then I'm going to lead you in some kind of mantra here. And then I'm going to let you join my church. And, I, and, I, and then all of a sudden, everything's going to be good. But you know what? As silly as that sounds to us, do you understand that's the way many churches operate? And that is the way many people who are lost think the church operates. Am I right? He simply looked at Nicodemus and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh, in other words, everything you did in the flesh, you did it because you're born of the flesh. But what you're about to do, son, is going to be of the Spirit. Because when you pray the prayer and give your life to me, you are born again. And now what you do going forward, not all that happened behind, is spiritual. And it is of God. You have been forgiven. Jesus told the disciples when they came back, said, man, we had, we had a great meeting. Demons were subject to us in your name. Healings happened. Jesus stopped them and said, rejoice not that demons are subject to you in my name, but rather rejoice something bigger than a devil bowing down to you in the name of Jesus. He said, this is what you really need to be excited about, that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. 